Hello and welcome to my live stream on Sunday, November 8th. It is 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Remember, we have our live stream on Sundays and Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. Time. And we come to you with certain other topics about Spiritism, and I try to explain it. Please feel free to uh, give me comments on the YouTube live stream. I'd be happy to answer them. Also, please subscribe, hit the bell button, hit the like button. That will help us reach more people with talking about the other side, the real world, the spirit world. So today we're continuing on. We're on chapter 21 on Violets on the Window. Very quickly, for those who haven't seen, this is about the spirit Patricia, who died when she was 19. She was raised in a spiritist family, a family that believes in spiritism, which is what we're talking about here. And this is why we're talking, is to give you more information about spiritism, about heaven, about the processes in heaven, in the lower zone, we're, we're, we're going to talk about in this chapter, where last week, we were at the Spiritus Center. This week, we still are at the Spiritus Center down, I believe, in one of the Spiritus Centers in San Sebastian. It's a city in Minas Gerais, where she was born, and she also died there. And then she went to the colony of San Sebastian, which is above, very high up above, as far as if you want to look at uh, geospatial relationships. Although, you could also look at it with Spiritism. It's more of a logical relationship. But however you want to... Uh, Visualize heaven, right? You can visualize it as all around surrounding the earth in different levels. And that's just the heaven around the earth. There are heavens around other planets with other human-like life forms, and they have all, all heavens surrounding their planet. And in fact, there are, there are planets inhabited in this system, but in another dimension, meaning there are people, let's say, on Jupiter, which you say, no, I can't be. That's just a gaseous giant. And But, of course, that's in a different dimension. So there's multiple dimensions. There's multiple universes. And what the spirits tell us is these heavens surround each planet. And if you look at the, the planets going around the sun in our solar system, even sometimes the heavens kind of, uh, you know, intersect as they go because these heavens come out so far from the planet. So now let's start on violets of the window. So please uh, remember to... Hit the like and hit the subscribe button. Let's continue on. This is called indoctrination. Now, what she says is the indoctrination of students started in, actually, I should say discarnates, which case, when I say discarnates, so this, so picture a spirit center. It could just be like a one-story, two-story, regular office building. Like sometimes you'll see these, you know, small churches, in uh, you know office parks, right? Because people don't have enough money to build their own. Most spiritual centers are are pretty simple affairs. They're not huge buildings, you know, to, you know, with uh, you know crosses in them, and I mean, in, in altars and all that. It's they're mostly a center where they have a meeting room where people go and they get they get talked to for like a half hour, an hour about aspects of spiritism. Afterwards, they will have. Uh, passes given to them where they they give them magnetic passes where you sit down and someone will go in front of you and they will you will feel and i've you know, been there many times i've actually given passes but not in a spiritual center but you'll feel the energy flowing from 
from the person giving the passes to yourself and you actually feel much better afterwards. And the way the passes work, there's a spirit standing behind the person giving the passes, directing universal fluid, and then using that human in front of you to modify the fluid to be perfect for your own chakras, your own force centers to rebalance you, put you back in the harmonization. So quick talk about passes. It's, it's worth it. So now here, they're in the spirit center and they're having a mediums meeting, but first what they're going to do, now she's talking about this from the spirit side. So imagine, imagine a simple operating room. And then, and then you also, you've probably seen in movies where they have operating rooms where there's all sorts of students around there and they do their operation like in this glass bubble, but then there's people all around them. So in the spirit dimension, they take like the top off that spirit center and they create all this extra space, which of course we don't see because we only see about one eighth of the world around us. And they also create other rooms, uh, you know, all sorts of wonderful stuff in the spirit world, in the logical construct world where you create by your mind. Of course, on here on earth, we live in a objective world, meaning our minds don't influence walls and trees and buildings. But they do in the spirit world. It's it's is subjective. So let me start what she says. The indoctrination of discarnate started immediately after the sermon. The lights were turned off so as to facilitate concentration by avoiding visual distractions. This was done to create an environment conductive to mental projections, which were going to act with greater uh, faculty in the astral world. While incarnated, I always enjoyed to pay attention to the indoctrination of the discarnates. Each one had a story to tell, and some were quite interesting. Now, observing this process and the assistance from this side, meaning the spirit side, I liked it even better. It was so much more fascinating, yet I felt rather uneasy when I started watching so many mutilated souls showing definite signs of torture. This particular group had been liberated from the umbrella, meaning the lower zone, the lower zone is from the crust of the earth up to the levels of heavens. And as the great late Brazilian medium used to say, the lower zone starts at the tip of your nose. We're surrounded by these spirits that are wandering the lower zone. They've been held prisoners and enslaved. Some look stupefied. I observed them and I pitied them. So let's talk about that. They were tortured. They were held prisoner and enslaved. So yes, the lower zone is populated by by people who are materialistic who have are not spiritual some are criminal so a lot the ones that are really criminal are probably down in the dark abyss which is kind of a purgatory that's under the crust of the earth you want to look at that at it in a you know geometrical proportion and th that's even a worse place but in the lower zone people who are not that I would say retrogress or ignorant will will be in the umbral. Now, in the umbral, there are cities, there's mines that have to be worked by slaves. When someone when someone dies who have not been spiritual at all, not been good at all, and look, I want to make sure when I say not spiritual at all, if you're a good person, even if you're not spiritual, even if you're an atheist, right, you still will probably be helped and taken to somewhere in a outpost either in the umbrella which is protected or into some level of heaven 
because you're a good person. That's really, you know, you don't have to be a member of any church or any religion, anything is they want you to be a good person. They want you to be on earth to take out your primitive emotions and replace them with more advanced emotions, honesty, charity, fraternity. That is what is important. But so these workers, they, when they died, they had none of that. They had, no, they had, they had no friends to help them out. If they had friends, they may have had friends who were on the same level as they were, and they may, you know, may have helped them get somewhere else. But otherwise, there may have been very ill-intentioned spirits around them. And then, as soon as they wake up and they are confused, they'll be taken and in this confused state, and then they'll be dominated mentally, and they'll be held prisoner and enslaved. And if they don't act as they should, they will be beaten and tortured. Now, you can say that, well, we're immortal as a spirit. You can't die. Yes, but you can feel pain. But you don't feel pain because there's a whip on your shoulder. You feel pain because someone put a mental image of a whip hitting your skin, and then you feel that pain. And in fact, down in the in the dark abyss, in the type of purgatory, dominant spirits can say, okay, I want you to become, go into the shape of a chair or go into the state, uh, the shape of a horse. In fact, there's, I mean, they can actually make you change your shape because what, what you want, you, you know, you, you think how you want to look and that's usually how you, you just left the earth. But they can make you do so many things if you're a, uh, a passive, kind of a weak, focused person, at which, you know, many people are, not, there's nothing wrong in that, but it's, I pity them for those who um, couldn't get into heaven this way. And of course, as Chico Xavier said, only about 30% of the people go to heaven. So 70% of the people could encounter this type of, of bad life after death. Now, this doesn't last forever, right? Everyone's rescued. In fact, that's what you're doing here. They said they had rescued, you know, people had been held prisoner and enslaved. Imagine someone who was, who was rich or a corrupt politician who thought they were on top. And when they passed over, instead of having the, the you know, hallelujahs sung for them because they were so rich and powerful, they were taken and they were forced to work as anyone else. That, that is why you should never say, oh, that person got away with, with murder or that person, you know, so corrupt. You don't worry about that. That person, and look, I've been that person too. So first I wanna say is you need to love everybody. It doesn't mean you, you should trust them or, or you know, buy from them or vote for them or anything like that. You should love them and wish them to become better, but no, and also know at the same time that whatever they did wrong, uh, you know, I hate to tell you this, you probably did something just as bad or worse in one life or the other. Because you've lived many lives, right? You're on the planet of atonement. You've lived life after life. You, you know, you've, you've probably been a soldier. You've maybe been an officer. You've maybe been a noble. And the higher you go, I have bad news for you. The higher you were at, at any time in history, the more, uh, you know, capability you had to do bad. Right, and I know I've I've done bad many many times, so this you know you really don't want to be what you really want to be is a kind of a farmer that tended to his flock or his field and treated everybody nice, and then you're probably very high spirit by now. You don't want to be someone famous, you know. You know, 
usually, there's, there's always exceptions to this. In fact, um, let me tell you about one exception is the emperor of Brazil, Don Pedro, I think the second. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody on that. He, he was in a previous life, his name was Longinus. Now, who was he? He was the, he was this Roman centurion who put the spear, the spear into Jesus to make sure he was dead. And of course, you know, this poor guy, can you imagine him going to heaven? He goes, I did what? But of course, Jesus loves all. Now, that was his destiny, probably. He's, and he lived life after life, became a much better person. And they said, look, you're going to be emperor of Brazil, who he freed the slaves in Brazil in the late 1800s. Actually, his daughter did when he was away, but he still, it was fine with him, right? He really was a very honest, he was like one of the best emperors, I think. If you really read about his life, he, he was hardworking, he, he believed in education. Um, what a great man. That's all I got to say. And when he there was a coup against him, he said, fine. And he lived in, he didn't sell it because he lived in poverty in, in France. When I think when he died, if I'm, if I'm right. So he became a higher, higher spirit. So, so anyway, so she observed all these poor souls in the spiritual center, this, you know, this discarnates, or they also call them errant spirits, meaning they're just roaming the earth. So anyway, she says, and then she said, I observed them and I pitied them. And then said, Mauricio whispered to me, Patricia, nothing is unjust. We reap what we sow. The reaction is proportional to the action. At least two of these souls will incorporate tonight to talk about their lives. Incorporate means they'll be into a medium and they'll talk about their lives. Now, what that means is they will talk through the medium and there's a channeling medium. And then usually in these meetings, there's that type of medium and then there's a consoling medium. And the consoling medium will actually talk back to the channeling medium to have a conversation to help put these people into the right perspective. Now you can say, you know, here they are, the spirit world, the spirits are talking to these people, but it's just like children who like to talk to other children. Many need to be into that body of a physical human being. And because that's really what they still relate to. And being in that body is important for them to, to get them to think about what they're doing and where they want to be. So. Let me carry on what Mauricio was telling her because it was very enlightening. You will find they ignored the teachings of Jesus. When incarnated, they lived lives of pleasures, materialism, and hurting others. Two of them were warlocks or Macumba, priests performing evil deeds for money. Now, Macumba, you don't hear that much in the United States, most of the English-speaking world, but you do hear a lot. Of that. In fact, that's funny because they call Macumba a lot, but they call them spiritists. Spiritism, which is like, no, spiritism from Alan Kardec, from Kardec. They do that, I think, just to confuse people. But there's a lot here, and you'll see that a lot in Africa and other places within, uh, any place that had a large uh, slave population, and they brought these, you know, th these kind of things where they they will talk to spirits. Now, they, they do communicate with spirits. They communicate with lower spirits, right? Because when you communicate with spirits, whatever spiritual level you are on, you communicate to that spirit, to that level of spirit on the other side, right? So if you are a very steady spiritism, you're a very devout person, you, um, you're loving, you'll talk to a loving, pretty high spirit. 
if you're in the Macumba, right, where you're saying, okay, someone comes to you and say, I want this person, you know, um, text or whatever. Or I want this person to love me, right? And then they'll, 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 these Macumba priests will enlist ignorant spirits, malintentioned spirits to help them because spirits can talk to you and try and get you to do things. They can give you inspirations. They can't force you most of the time. Um, or actually all the time, but they can try to obsess you, but they will do that. And therefore that's why it's so important as we live in the sea of spirits, right? Cause we're surrounded by spirits is we're always going to get stupid ideas, right? It's like we live in a, in a middle school or junior high where our so-called friends always give us the dumbest ideas possible. Well, that's actually where you're living all the time. And you just have to use your conscience to filter out these not too bright ideas. And believe me, I've done these myself. So, you know, I'll go back. We said, so they were two of them were Macumba priests performing evil deeds for money. They used discarnate souls as servants, but afterward the situation was reversed. It was their turn to, to serve. Still, all of them will be rescued, healed, and taken to a hospital in the colony for rehabilitation. So then Patricia writes, many of these unfortunate souls availed themselves of incorporation that evening. Many of them did not know they had passed away. And I've seen this too. I've been in meetings. I'm not a medium. I've been in mediums meetings at the back, just listening. I have no talent in that direction. And, and I've heard the same thing. I, you know, it's funny because you hear these people and you read about it too in, in uh, different accounts where these people go, well, I, you know, went to my uncle Bob and he didn't pay attention to me. Just like that great movie, Sixth Sense, where Bruce Willis went and he tried, you know, he's, he was interacting with people. And then as the movie got back, you see that they had no idea he was there. Just that one, you know, one boy who knew, right? And then he finally figured out, oh my God, I'm dead. And that happens to a lot of people. That's why <laughs> it's just amazing. So she said, Normally, when discarnates are forced to compare themselves to incarnates, they get to understand their carnal body has died. Whenever we, discarnates, come near an incarnated person, we notice a difference immediately unless we are completely duped and refuse to accept reality, pretending not to notice. Comparing myself to an incarnate, I am lighter and freer because the paraspirit is a much more delicate and subtle body than the material one. And again, as you... In the human, we're mostly material, right? And a little bit of energy. But as, as a spirit, you are a higher racial energy to materiality. more. And then as you go higher and higher as a spirit, you become higher and higher racial energy to matter. And then if you're on the lower zone, so let's say someone like Patricia is down at the spiritual center. Now, they don't tell it here, but usually what happens, if someone like Patricia is down in the spirit center, she has to will herself to become a little bit more dense. Otherwise, these people can't even see her. So even low spirits on the in the dark abyss or the lower zone, the umbrella, they say in Portuguese, cannot see higher spirits. And we can't see them either. So that just shows you how that works. So knowing what was going through my mind, Mauricio took the opportunity to continue teaching me. So this is what Mauricio said. At a spiritual center where serving the light is the goal, incorporation is done to help. The discarnate soul needing help receives guidance and cure during this charitable work. The perception of being incarnated or discarnate is largely mental. 
since the fear of death or the unknown is prevalent. The discarnate soul fools itself, thinking it's still in the corporeal body. There are spirits, however, who are conscious of their condition and enjoy incorporating, enjoying being, getting into uh, a medium. They have not yet awakened to the spiritual reality and therefore their mental body finds pleasure in the physical needs. Now, let me stop there for a second. You hear this all the time and Spiritism tells us about this. They enjoy incorporating, meaning they enjoy like, they will actually kind of almost absorb themselves into this physical body. And you'll see this a lot with uh, uh, drug users and alcoholics who have passed away and yet they still feel because it's mental right their body there's no there's no physical reason for the for them to still crave these drugs but there's a mental reason and that they will go to bars or wherever places and they will incorporate themselves and they will they will try to get these people to drink more they want to feel the effects they can kind of feel the effects of alcohol or other drugs that happens and that's why it's so hard for many people to quit right to get to, to do this because you've got these spirits around you saying have another drink get another drink because they're used to being with you and being with you when you drink and they don't want to stop they have to find someone else so that's that's why you just pity these poor people and know what they're going through they're just being bombarded with bad advice and feelings so so most of these i'll carry on with marisa said who haven't received this type of orientation yet do not want even to hear it hear of it nor consider any personal change. So they incorporate in careless, ignorant mediums who don't frequent places that follow a Kardecist orientation, meaning a spiritist orientation. When they incorporate in these kinds of mediums, they feel all earthly desires coming back to them instantaneously. In many cases, they even do favors to incarnates. But this is the kind of mediums, this is where Macumba and these type of things you'll see, and then these mediums that will you know, charge you however much. They, they won't be talking with high spirits. They'll be talking to very low spirits. And then Patricia said, wow, I didn't know there was discarnate to enjoy the feeling of being in a carnal body. And there's lots. And then Marissa said, those who idolize matter and enjoy only the pleasures, but not the pains that a body can feel, like to incorporate. But let's pay attention now. Indoctrination is about to begin. So, and of course that's true. There are lots there that want to be part of it. They're not ready to, to let go of the, of the materialistic, you know, bands that, that bound them to earth. There are stories of spirits who hang around museum with their favorite work of art and they just don't want to leave it. This is why spirits sometimes stay in houses or castles because that was their castle and they don't like people being in their castle and yet they're dead. They, when you die, your material goods are gone. At some sometime, you know, you're an immortal soul. It's time to move on. That's why when people pass over, you always say, come in, go look for the light, ask for help, pray for them, they receive help. Don't try to bring them back to the earth. So Patricia keeps writing. Two from the group of slaves that had impressed me so strongly were the first to obtain help through incorporation. They spoke briefly about themselves. They had done evil deeds, and when given the opportunity, they failed to do good to others or to themselves. Failing to do good to themselves meant that they had the opportunity to learn, to educate themselves morally and religiously, and they still neglected to do it. How many of us have done that? I have. 
They had lived while incarnated without the slightest concern about passing away, without thinking that they would be forced to reap what they sowed. The entire group had their pair of spirits healed and rebuilt, and then they were directed to another line to be taken to the colony. So during these talks, what happens is, I believe, not this, I don't know this for sure, is when they incorporate, it helps their pair of spirit to visualize and feel a model pair of spirit so they can reorganize themselves a little bit better. And that helps them then kind of get, bring more clarity to their mind as well. And then that way the spirit world can help them. That's why sometimes for people who had really harmed the pair of spirits while on earth, say this is a, a suicide that threw themselves in front of a train or hung themselves or something like that. Many times, this is why uh, babies will be, become uh, stillborn, is because they need that short time on earth to, to get their really damaged perispirit to realign itself with a perispirit as it should be, and that will help in the embryonic process and as the, the gestation of the baby. And that's all they need, right? And then they're taken back, they're worked some more, and then they'll be given another life. That's why stillborn babies, you know, they're they're not dead. They're they will be taken and some will be raised there. Uh actually most would be raised in some place in heaven and this will help repair the perispirit. And then she says, I was so relieved to see them free from all that suffering, wishing from my heart that they would fully recuperate spiritually and that their pain had been enough to teach them to really turn to God and to distance themselves from evil. The gentleman who had been scared by me was awakened and also received his orientation from the mediums. He was so preoccupied with his pains that he forgot he had seen me. Upon being told to compare his body with that of an incarnate, he understood the situation. Now, it's amazing that some people have to be told that they're they're dead because, and, but think of this. Think how you have this body, you look like you think you look like, you, you feel yourself, right? You can walk around, you can talk to people, though they don't talk back to you for some reason. You think you're, you know, you think you are still alive. There was this wonderful uh, uh, medium who wrote me about when she used to be a medium, one of her jobs was helping people who had passed over to convince them that they had actually died. And these were people who were going to be taken to uh, one of the spiritist colonies. And one time she was on a beach, right? And this guy was on the beach looking around. And this was probably late 1800s. He had, what she said is he had somehow fallen off or a storm hit on, you know, like a sloop, a clipper ship into the ocean and he had drowned. And then she went up to him and, you know, and she goes, you, you there. He goes, I need a carriage. I don't know what happened to me, but order me a carriage. And she said, okay, yeah, I'll help you order a carriage. And they talked for a bit. And she said that he was like someone who just gave orders. He must have been, you know, you know, a high official or an executive or something like that. Own, own the ship. Who knows? And then she said, and then she, and she, she's been used to the situation because she tries to find a ways in conversation to say, you might want to think about this. So then she said, uh, excuse me, but why are you dry? And he looks and he goes, I don't know. He goes, well, uh, are you hungry? He goes, 
no. He goes, has, has it ever been night? He goes, no, it's never night here. And he goes, and then it, it dawned on him. He goes, you mean I'm dead? He goes, yes. And then it's then the path to the spiritual city they're going to kind of open up. He could see it, right? He just had to have that, had to have that like spark. So she says, Mary, many spirits who showed trauma in their parish spirit were also helped. These troubled spirits needed to bring harmony in their consciousness to stop feeling like incarnates with all their illnesses. The impressions of the mortal body are indeed very strong. A spirit continues to be sick as long as it does not understand that its physical body has perished. Destructive remorse also leads to an injured paraspirit. How imprudent are the majority of incarnates? They do not think that the death of the body can happen to them. So when they pass over and suffer, they become desperate and despondent. Of course, I mean, that's like the majority of us. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I was the same way. I wasn't, you know, I believe in God, but very far God. I thought I was in, especially in my 20s, right? What boy in his teens and 20s doesn't feel like they're immortal? You know, it's amazing we survive our dumbness at that age. But we do, most of us. So, of course, that's what would have happened to me. So then she said, the young man with whom I talked before stayed on the line. At first, he seemed just to be having fun. Nevertheless, he, he behaved well later on. He paid attention to the orientation received by the other spirits and began to cry softly. He was intelligent and soon understood that he had passed away. Lorenzo came to help him, hugging and comforting him like a baby. In Lorenzo's arms, he remembered how his carnal body had died. He was frightened. What would happen to him? Lorenzo showed him the learning center at the colony where he would go. He finally calmed down and fell asleep. Lorenzo placed him on another line since he would not need to incorporate me, not need to be part of a medium. What a relief. I could not stop thinking it must not be pleasant to be a spirit and act as an incarnate. Unfortunately, I know it happens with most people. Passing away is natural. It happens to everybody. And yet when the body dies, most people feel lost and disturbed. It is worse when they have not done good deeds during their lives. And it is horrible when they have done evil deeds. Living as a spirit is usually not too different from the life the person had when incarnated. Those who, who render uh, cult to matter become attached to it. Those who treasure spiritual qualities become fortunate in the spiritual plane. One should not live worrying about death, but neither should one ignore it. Not thinking of one's death and not understanding that it is a normal occurrence causes endless despair because the paraspirit is an exact copy of the body. So again, very good advice. You should not fear death. You should understand it. And also remember, you're on this physical plane. This is like a moment in time. You're immortal. You live forever. Your body, what, 80 years, let's say? You know, what's... What is, uh, what is 80 and, you know, divided by infinity as far as the percentage of your life? It's like nothing. And therefore, if you become too attached to matter, right, it's, it's all going to lost. I mean, even if you like, let's say, the earth, well, the earth is going to, you know, someday the sun will burn out and you'll be in a different solar system, different planet. So... It's not, matter is not what's important. Becoming rich and having the biggest car or the biggest yacht and the most diamonds or whatever you want isn't 
isn't the end all and be all of life, right, on earth. And in fact, everyone knows people who have quite a, a lot of money. And money does not buy happiness, only it helps. I'm not gonna say it doesn't, right? It helps give a comfort that you have less stress in your life if you have enough money to live normally, right? If you're really dirt poor, that can be very hard on you. That's a hard trial. But I've known many people who've had lots of money. I've not seen them happier. In fact, I've seen them more confused and just really, it's like they don't have an anchor for anything. And in fact, what happens is their anchor is whatever is fashionable at the time and being with other people who feel the same way. And it is very draining and empty. And if you just live a life of materialism, that's what you get. It's, it's kind of um, sad, but that happens and they will learn in one life after another. So we feel the same need, needs until we understand and overcome them. The young man found understanding at the spiritual center. He would be taken with the others to a colony where he would learn how to live as a discarnate. What he felt was the fear of the unknown of what would happen to him. For many, the idea of hell is really strong. When one understands that death is not so complicated, fear disappears and hope arises. And of course, this is why I'm hoping that bringing you this and talking to you about um, the spirit world will help you learn you know, about heaven, what is waiting for you. Because there's nothing, there's nothing that is you know, uh, terrifying about it if you're at the right place. It's really a wonderful place. It is a fantastic place where as you, as where you expand and go higher and higher in the spiritual hierarchy, you use your, your thoughts to create things more and more and more. It is, you don't grow old, you don't get sick, you're with wonderful people. Now, as I said before, about the, right now 30%, hopefully a little bit higher than Chico said that, go into heaven. Hopefully we can make that higher. And once we get over 50%, then that's really when the planet's gonna start turning and become a, a planet regeneration. And that's what Jesus Christ wants. He wants the majority, all of the souls really, to rise in heaven after, you know, whatever life they're living. Of course, that's hard to do. But that's what the aim of this is. And that's why I talk here, because I try to show. That's why I'm reading this book and explain it to you. That's why I wrote my book, Heaven and Below, explaining what is heaven's like, lower zone, what Jesus is when he's in the uh, spirit world. And then the other book, I think it'd be very useful for a lot of people, spirit and the spirit universe. What is the spirit? What are the attributes of a spirit? Did you know that spirit attributes change as they rise? They get more and more power. They get more tools in their toolbox. They become less dense. Um, all of these things, it's just amazing. There's a whole world there that is so much better in so many ways. And yet, you know, I understand we're used to the material world. Right, we're used to it. It's comfortable. It doesn't surprise us. Then that means a lot. I understand that. Something could go on. So she says, one discarded man on the line to receive orientation caught my attention. He was immobile and rigid, rigid, having no movement at all in him. When he was placed near a medium, he received a magnetic charge from one of the discarnate workers and felt the warmth of the medium's body. He then felt pain through his entire body, and little by little, he was able to move a few muscles. He was very happy for that with the help of an incarnate worker, was able to answer the greeting. Good evening, and that incarnate worker 
is probably the consoling medium, talking to the medium he was now kind of inside. Fighting to overcome his difficulties, he started to talk while incarnated, in, while incarnated excuse me, he had been, been a very proud man and owner of many material assets. His will was law and he made many mistakes. He was strong and arrogant in love with himself and his image. Befittingly, he commissioned a sculpture to make a statue of himself and the artist really did a superb job. The statue was beautiful. It was placed in the town square so that everybody would remember that he was its benefactor. Yet there is always a but. Death destroyed his dreams and illusions. He passed away of a heart attack but refused to accept it, wanting to continue living as an incarnate. After his entry into the spiritual realm, his, his enemies began persecuting him. This lasted for years, but little by little they forgot him. Time went by and everything changed, including his house, his land. Only the statue continued the same. So he stood by it until it became his shield, as if it was his body. He attached himself to it, and soon he felt his body harden, moving no longer, not even talking. He could only see and hear what was happening in front of him. It had been 60 years since he had passed away. Well, that, that So this just shows you, in the spirit world, the power of mind. Here's this guy who probably passed away sometimes probably in the 19th century instead of the 20th century, maybe. maybe it was a, and he was so attached to his all his wealth and everything. And then he attached himself to a statue. And, that, and of course, that's what happens with the mind starts saying, oh, I'm part of the statue. And then and he, he got used to it. And then he, he, he you know, imagine there he is. Imagine you go to the statue not knowing that statue can hear you. <laughs> Just amazing. This is why this world and spiritism presents this world and explains this world that we're a logical construct. And these what we think are fantastic things. I mean, I'm sure some people listen to me and think, oh, this Brian must be crazy. No, I don't think I am. Everyone has a good, you know, has their own right to their own opinion. I, it, spiritism is brought to this because people uh, have discovered little by little the truth about the spirit world. In fact, that was given to me in one of my intentions what I talk, I say, realize what is the reality. And reality is we're on this earth to learn. We are logical constructs that are just amazingly powerful in this universal database. But in, you know, and yet we can fashion things by our minds after education and you know, rising a little bit, right, in the spirit world. But we have everything around us. But the price, the price to attain this paradise, this omnipotent power where you can you can move by thought and create by your mind is you must change yourself and get rid of all these primitive emotions. Because why would you want someone who has so much power with their mind who is a complete jerk or is not a good person, who is jealous, spiteful, mean, dominant, right? You can't have that. The spirit world won't allow that. The law of affinity will place them where they need to be. They won't let them up. They won't let them go up. They will. They can't stand it. They will be locked until they change their character and their attitude. Of course, this poor guy been there for sixty years. The counselor told. I'll keep, I'll keep reading. The counselor told him to ask for God's forgiveness and to vow to live according to the teachings of our Master Jesus. He did so very sincerely. 
He was tired of pain and had no more reasons to be proud. He was able to walk to the other line, although leaning on a spirit rescuer. He was told he would also be taken to a hospital at the colony. Crying copiously, which did him a lot of good, he left. Pride and arrogance are two self-inflicted wounds that eventually bleed and cause much suffering. So this is, so you can ask, why is there, why is there a place like the umbrella, the lower zone, and the dark abyss, like a type of purgatory? Why does it have to be so cruel? Well, here's a good example. Here's a guy full of pride and arrogance. If I had told him as soon as he died, he goes, look, you're, you've died. Now, this is a whole different world. And you need to be humble and help other people. He looked at me like, yeah, right. Right? No. And even if I have died, I'm going to be on top like I was on Earth. I'm not going to listen to that. So, what had to happen? He had to go through 60 years of not a very good life. Hopefully that's much longer than most people, but although some people have been, I know, into these types of purgatory for 10,000 years. But that's what he needed. He needed to, he, this is how the spirit world works. They fight evil with evil. They use, they use these bad spirits down in the lower zone, and when you're down there with them, it's like, oh, this isn't a nice place. People are as mean to me as I used to be mean to other people. Oh, well, how's it feel being with people like you? That's what it's, the law of affinity does. You get to be like people like you. You can't, you know, not with a bunch of suckers you can take advantage of. So that's why this is here. Then when you finally learn and you start throwing off, it's like, okay, I, I need to stop my rebelliousness and my hard-headedness. And I need to really look what my life has been and where I need to go. So they don't like force you, right? If a high spirit would come and they could change your mind, if they wanted to, they could change your mind and say, okay, I'm gonna be, you're gonna be a good person now. So stop doing those evil things. But they don't do it because free will is always respected. And God had set up this perfect, this perfect system to take these, these intelligent, you know, applications, you know, and small little seeds of intelligence, give them life after life and make them more and more intelligent. And yet, and yet eventually put them into wonderful, wonderful serving people who, have, who are loved, but they have to go through this primitive aspect. And they're just life after life, they go through this and they, they, you know, they become primitive spirits. Their primitive emotions are very efficient when you're in a tribe and you're trying to kill other tribesmen, right? But eventually you're in a civilized group and then you've got to start taking out these primitive emotions. And you know what it does is it creates a just a, a sea of unique spirits, of unique characters and personalities. If, you know, God wanted us all perfect, the same, we could have all been just automatons. We could have been robots and all have the same name and same personality and same character. What a dull place that would be. No, it's the, the genius the absolute genius of the spirit world and God, God bless, is the fact that we are given free will to be who we are, and yet we have to change in life after life. And it may take billions of years, millions of years, thousands of lives, who knows? So I'll carry on with what she was saying. The indoctrination session was concluded, resulting in great benefit to all those present. All who had been rescued were led to an arrow bus to be taken to the colony. Since they don't know how to volatate, they have to be taken in a, in a little uh, enclosed 
bus, which actually will go through the air. This is a common activity in most spiritist centers. Sometimes in other centers, these spirits would be taken to a rescue station or to a small hospital located at the very center. The prayer of Caritas and the user one for closing every session were said. Local discarnate workers scattered in invigorating cosmic energies over all those attending. Again, Mauricio clarified. Incarnates, even a great majority of discarnates, still don't live the faith and fidelity to God. If they had faith, each individual would be a dynamic pole of balsamic harmonizing and healing energies. But since we aren't at this point yet, at the end of the session, there's a mental connection among those responsible for this place. As a result, they project mental energies full of light, peace, and love, filling the surroundings and the people with renewed strength. I want to make it clear that these energies only remain as long as they're sustained by those emitting them. And although the environment is infused by the light, it benefits only those who are attuned and synchronized with vibrations of love and spiritual affinity. Which is very true, right? If you're, It's the same way we were told in spiritual literature. When Jesus was on earth and he were like on the Sermon of the Mount and he would talk to these sermons, people were there. This is why he could have great crowds for hours and hours, right? They would see, they would see the images of when he talked in their mind. But for those who weren't attuned or were just there for some other reason or just there because they were doubting or sarcastic, they could not see the image. They could hear the words, but they couldn't see the images in their mind. For other people, they would feel the image. They, they would feel the images they would see the images in their mind this is why some some you know obscure 32 year old you know you know 30 year old whatever carpenter during the you know the space of time made such a great impact on, on the world because he wasn't just this regular human he was this high spirit who still had many of his powers with him as a physical person and so the miracles weren't miracles they were just say okay this is how what a high spirit can do High spirit can come to earth and do all sorts of things. It's amazing. So, I'll carry on with what Patricia said. These fields and energies were wonderful, driving many discarnates to moving spells of crying. It looked like a thin and colorful drizzle falling from the ceiling, softly illuminating the entire place while scattering a pleasant aroma. I concentrated and opened my heart to receive these blessings. For a few seconds, I felt a little damp and feeling the light coming in through my pores. It was an indescribable joy. Now, when they said you can smell this pleasant aroma, I, I uh, experienced that myself several times. And one of the times I was at the, spirit, uh, the spiritual healing center, and Chico Montiero, who was the healer, he, he was, he, he could create this wonderful, you know, just the smell. And other times I was other places, and I kind of, my wife and I kind of felt like there was this kind of spirit around us. It was a nice, really good spirit. And you could you could smell this, this outwardly smell. It just felt like home and warmth. And uh, it was wonderful. And and that's like sometimes it that happens. That's you know, if you, sm if you smell that why there shouldn't it shouldn't smell like anything, right? Sometimes it's just someone's perfume going by or whatever. But there are times when that will tell you that a higher spirit came close to you. So then, said the, uh, the session ended and the lights were turned back on. Incarnates were engaged in a friendly conversation all around. 
I came up to my mother and kissed her. Now her mother and father are still alive and they were at the spiritual center. This is a spiritual center she grew up in. And of course now she's discarded. And I kissed my father. Everyone left. They turned the lights off and closed the building. But it was not dark at all in the astral plane as the work would continue for still several hours. A few minutes later, Mauricio called me to return to the colony. I still could not volatate back by myself, so Lorenzo accompanied us. To leave the colony, interns like me need authorization. Those who have the knowledge and work there are called residents, and they also need this authorization. The only spirits that move back and forth without authorization are those who work in both planes, the Earth's crust and the colony. All my visits to the physical world have been approved. Only after a long time did I obtain permission to leave alone. Colonies are secure and peaceful places, saturated with edifying energies. The heterogeneous energy that flows among incarnates can be dangerous to some discarnates who are not ready for it. So let me talk about this like it has to be approved. So one of the things, in fact, I wrote an article on this, like bureaucracy and the spirit world, right? And they, Andre Luis talked about that. When he wanted to go to a lecture, he goes, well, you got to be approved. If, you know, It's like, well, who are they to pr approve me? Well, they don't do that to, to stop you from doing something. They do that to protect you in one way, right? Because you're still kind of a newbie and you're not ready. And then Andre Luis said, when people give lectures, they really want to give lectures to the targeted audience and they don't want everybody showing up. So they would like to have people invited and approve of, you know, who they, where they belong to and what kind of job they're doing. And so, and, and then when you visit these bureaucratic people who you think they are, or are in charge, they're not really, they are very humble and wonderful. And that's something to remember. These people got their position, not because they paid for it or they kissed someone's, you know what, or they were born into it, they did that because they worked long and hard, lived life after life, and proved by their meritocracy of a life of service and love for other people. <clears throat> so let me carry on. I was so happy I wanted to learn and be useful, yet I knew it was not enough to have the will to serve. You need to know how. I've always loved the Spiritist Center and the Spiritist Doctrine. The fact that I participated in such a productive session made me even happier. So let's talk about the Spiritist Doctrine for a second. So if you want to learn about the Spiritist Doctrine, I have a book called Spiritism 101, the Third Revelation. If you go to my site, and I'll have links up below, you can download this for free on PDF. You can also, of course, get it on Amazon Kindle or paperback, and I also have it on an you know, audio format at Audible. But of course, you can always get it for free on PDF. You can download it on my site, nwspiritism.com. Uh, this will give you, it's like only 100 pages, give you a good introduction to the Spiritist Doctrine. Also on my site, and you'll see links on the right-hand navigation bar, I have the Spirit's Book, which you can get on in, um, in PDF, of course. But I also have that on my YouTube channel and in in audio format, MP3 and audio format, where you can just an MP4 format where you can skip chapters and all that stuff. You have to download in two files because they're really big files, but I've got the whole Spirits book in audible format, audio format. So hopefully I have, if you're interested in Spiritism, there are free uh, resources for you to use. Of course, Spiritism 101, it's in PDF. And, and I also have it, uh, someone wonderfully translated into French, so it's also there in French uh, for free on PDF.
And of course, and this is what the other, uh, this is the, the first codification book, Alan Kardec codified Spiritism in the Spirits book by sending out a thousand nineteen questions to different mediums in different geographical areas, and he did not use the answers to the questions until they were the same or similar. So you've read other books where someone's channeled some spirit and they give you all the combined wisdom of that spirit, which is many times that's perfectly fine. But this, Alan Kardec was promised in the New Testament, the consoler would come, the spirit of truth. And so Alan Kardec worked with the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth was on the discarnate side, arranging different spirits to give answers to these different questions and his other books too. Um, to really tell us more about the spirit world. And that's why I believe it is so important for people to learn about the spirit world and to learn about what is ready for us in the spirit world. And in fact, if you wanna know how spirits affect you all the time, I have my book, How We Are Guided by Spirits. And of course, this is really what Patricia's talking about is, is spirits helping other spirits. So let me carry on with Patricia. So she says, I was so happy, I wanted to learn to be useful. Oh, okay, so the fact that I participated in such a productive session made me even happier. Gazing at the sky so abundant with stars, I thank God, having so much to thank and nothing to ask in return. I pleaded this way, please, Lord, always nurture my will to learn and to be useful. To volatate is an amazingly pleasant activity. So that's the end of that chapter. Well, this is why, I mean, this is a great book, Violets on the Window, which I recommend everybody. You can buy that in Kindle or paperback. I, I bought mine on Kindle format. And um, so it's well worth it. It's, you know, as you can see, as I'm reading through this, it's, it's not a tough slog at all. It's a wonderful book telling you these things. And yet, if you want to learn more, that's why I have my series really of three books, Heaven and Below, book one, Spirits and Spirit Universe, book two, and then How We Are Guided by Spirits, book three. It kind of gives you, you know, all sorts of communications from the Reverend G. Val Owen, the Valdo Franco, Spirits to Valdo Franco, uh, uh, Chico Xavier, uh, Yvonne Piera, all from spirits, uh, mediums, and the spirits that talk to them and kind of fill in these type and give you little vignettes of what happens in heaven, how you graduate, what you are as a spirit. So, all this, you know, there's just so much information. And that's why I lay it out for you, because the more you read and understand why you're here, why you go through these terrible things, right? It's not fair in your mind. Why is this happening to me? Why me? Well, it's you because something you probably did in a past life. There's always a reason for these major trials and tribulations. Things like common cold and, you know, hitting yourself in the, you know, in the hand with a hammer, you know, not too, not too bad is that's just that's life right you can't think everything but the big things in your life right the uh, company going bankrupt uh the company being sold out for a minute you're unemployed you've got a horrible divorce those are things that were you know someone stole money from you those were things that were done to teach you what it felt like because you had done that to them and so that's why you have to look. You, you just kind of have to laugh at these things. There you, go. you have to go like, oh, okay, did I do that? And then you have to just like, okay, whoever did that to me, it's like, okay, he's, that person's just, that poor person's 
going to be worse off than you are, no matter what you lost or whatever, because they're going to have to, karma is going to catch up to them and they're going to have to go through the same thing. You, you've paid your price. So it's really the victim is to be, is like, you're lucky. The, the person who was the attacker is the unlucky one because that person will learn the lesson. Just no one gets off scot-free from life, right? Every action has a reaction to everything you do. And that includes good things, right? If people tell me all they write to me, they say, I don't want to be reincarnated. I don't like my life on earth. I say, well, look, you don't have to reincarnate again if you don't want to. You have free will. But you will be motivated to do that at some point in time. Because until you reincarnate on earth, you won't really start taking out these primitive emotions and replacing them with more advanced ones. And you'll still have the spiritual debt to pay. And you really won't advance. And you'll want to advance at some point in time. Therefore, if you want to have a better next life, do as be as spiritual and study spiritism and help others as much as you can. You don't have to give everything away and, you know, and just, you know, take your rice bowl and that type of stuff. No, you, but try what you can do within your means, right? And try to just be a good person at work. Don't gossip, right? Don't have mean gossip about people, right? Don't, don't think ill as you're like, I always give this example. When I used to go to work, um, I, you know, go work from Bainbridge Island to Seattle, get on the ferry, get off the ferry and I'd walk to work. And I pass by these, you know, bums on the street. And I think, ah, these bums. And then finally I got in spiritism and I, and I stopped that, right? Because really what you're here, you're trying to rewire your brain, which is decades long, really a long way to do that, but it can be done. And because I'm the testament to that, because I don't think that and when I see these people, I go, I think, oh, that poor guy, he really had a hard trial. And uh, these, these guys on the street, there was, uh, I forgot the name of the book, but, you know, there's talks about like these Roman generals who conquered lands and had slaves. Well, their next life, guess what happened to them, right? They were these destitute people on, you know, in the alleyways begging for food because all the harm they did in their previous lives. So you never know who was that beggar or panhandler or whatever. You never know who that person was. So in your mind, you don't have to hug them and kiss them, but you can just in your mind think, oh, you, you poor thing, right? And if they're a drug addict, right? Like I don't, what I try to do, if I see an alcoholic or drug addict I know of, I don't give them money. I try to get them food. Um, you know, that's how I help. But that's up to you. You know, you do what you want. But hopefully mentally, you give kind of soothing and loving messages from spirit to spirit. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for being with me today. And again, remember, Sundays and Tuesdays at 5 p.m. I'm here giving live stream. Please hit the like button, hit the subscribe and the bell. God bless.